An unfortunate storyline surrounding the San Francisco 49ers before their matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles defensive lineman Charles Aminahu arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence. And the Dallas Cowboys social team ripping their own quarterback. And did the 49ers cheat to win that game against the Dallas Cowboys? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you here as always. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise as I have? Then this game is definitely for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Ultimate Football GM. Our listeners get a 100% free boost in the game to their franchise when using promo code locked on inside the game. Ultimate Football GM. And of course, being that it is a Tuesday night, if you're watching on YouTube, but for most of you listening on a Wednesday, our guest today, Mr. Nicholas Winkler on this Winky Wednesday. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. Wow. What's happening, Wink? Uh, this has got to be a good week for you, right? Post-Cowboys victory. This is always the sweetest of weeks. Uh, and even sweeter, I think, just because it happens less often than those post-Seahawks win weeks, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, that that Cowboys rivalry, it's deep. It's in there. It's been in there for decades, right? So it always feels good. I mean, it's not as good as it feels for Croc. I get that. You got that sibling rivalry going on. I fully understand that. But, yeah, there's a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans I see at pickup and stuff like that. None of them had their Cowboys gear on this week. I don't know what happened. Last week they had it all on all week, and all of a sudden it's just gone. I asked social media, I went to Facebook and I asked, you know, what time did the Dallas Cowboys play Sunday? Nobody can answer the question for me. So uh, maybe y'all can. I don't know. <laughs> uh, wow. I'm going to read you a text from one of my good buddies who keeps trolling me. He was trolling me all week long on the Peacock and Williamson show. And, and he was popping up in, uh, in the chat. He was popping up in the chat here talking about what the Cowboys were going to do to the 49ers. He was on mm. Twitter, and usually he's not very active, but he's a Cowboys fan. He was getting really active during Cowboys week. This was his only thing he said to me after the game. He said, I'm still, I'm still upset about yesterday's loss. For the first time since his rookie year, I'm worried Dak isn't the guy. So Ooh. Dallas Cowboys fans, you got to give him some time. They're questioning life right now. You saw a lot of Dak Prescott jerseys getting burnt and like thrown in garbage by old men pouting. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> the guy who uh, drove over the TV in his truck. That, was, that one got me. Cause he, like, I, I was worried. It's like, don't get in your car in that state, but it was just to drive right. over his own TV. Just to be dramatic. People like, dude, you're going to burn down your house. You're going to, you're going to take out the lighter fluid and light the jersey on fire on in the your floor living room. of your home. Come on, people. <laughs> It's not that serious, people. You gotta, you gotta calm down. I know it really feels serious sometimes, but like my guy Lewis, he'll get over it, and it's not a big deal. But some people take it to the next level. You know who was actually upset about Dak Prescott and this loss? Seemingly, the Dallas Cowboys social team themselves. Did you guys see the tweet that that was at Dallas Cowboys, like verified? It's got the, mm. it's, it's got the verification on it. Did you see this tweet, guys? I'm going to look for it right now. I'm going to put it up on the screen, actually. I'm going to share. Throw it up. 
I'm going to share my screen here because this is something that um, that I'm I'm shocked it's still up. I'm going to I'm going to go gonna straight. Say, is it still up? Yeah, it's still up. I'm going to go straight to wow. it right now. So I'm going to put it on the screen. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it here. And so this is what <laughs> this is a tweet that they sent out on the social team. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup. The Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. And then there's a link Ooh. to the article, which uh, and and the the first part of the article says Dak on loss to 49ers quote unacceptable 100% on me. And I, I have a feeling this is just you know it's not like someone on the social team or Jerry Jones himself wrote that paragraph right i think it's just whatever it's just how this the article starts so it naturally yeah. that's like the auto uh the auto headline for when you send this tweet out but the fact that it's still up and they didn't change that or delete it like that's completely mm -hmm. ripping their quarterback you would never see that at 49ers right you would never see a san francisco 49ers article like that start so um either the ownership and, and management doesn't care or um Someone's just having fun in the in the social media room and and doesn't want to change it. But I mean, that's gotten it, that's been up for a day now, and, and people have seen that in the building. And the fact that it's not been taken down, that's that's not something that you, you would expect to see on the at official at Dallas Cowboys Twitter page as a headline. Uh, you know what? I, I think somebody's either just having fun or they're just upset. Scroll down to the very next one with the picture of Trevon Diggs. The the next one on DallasCowboys.com? Or yeah. I mean on at Dallas Cowboys? I don't have it up like that. This oh, is okay. Just you don't a, have it up. Well, I, I'll yeah. tell you what the next one says. Okay. It says, it shows a picture of Diggs. He looks kind of upset or distraught. And it says, plays that might get forgotten include Tony Pollard's game-changing injury and a dropped mm. interception by Trevon Diggs. And it says, hashtag, don't forget these five. Like, those five plays. <laughs> it's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's hard. So they're Move basically on, just guys. like... This is why we lost, you know, between these plays, Dak Prescott, like you got, but you typically don't see the, you know, especially the main accounts kind of throw the team under the, but I, I'd expect it from like a blogging site, sure, or right. SB That's Cowboys it. or totally. know, locked yeah. on Cowboys, you know, something like that, but not the actual Dallas Cowboys. That's, that's interesting. That's the surprising just, part. I mean, that's a fair headline on any, and, and that's a fair article 100%. for them to even write at DallasCowboys.com, really. Um, but usually it's a little bit more state TV on those sort of websites. So surprising to see that on the actual Dallas Cowboys Twitter. It's just amazing when you look around and yeah, it would make sense coming from Dallas and, and this and that, but like just major news outlets everywhere. It wasn't about the 49ers winning. Not, not one single article out there said like 49ers win because of this. No, no, no. Dallas lost that's just the headline that's the story that's where you start that's where you finish and like you'll sprinkle in a little bit of Niners stuff there in the middle it's it's wild man it's tough oh, it must be tough to be a Cowboys the, fan the the interesting thing with that is in, in one of our you know my main group chat with my buddies you know they got the Cowboy fans in there got a Bills fan in there uh, a Steelers fan in there and obviously a couple 49er fans the Bills fan asked did the 49ers win the game or did the Cowboys lose the game right. and my brother responded the Cowboys lost the game and I said Dude, no, the 49ers 100% won this game. Like, mm -hmm. we knew going into the game, and we talked about it, this is good on good. But when going good on good, there are some teams that are going to, you know, put you in situations where they force you to do things that you right. typically don't want to do. And, you know, you turn the ball over a couple times, 49ers didn't help. I mean, it's not like they played perfect, right? Ray McLeod, Ray McLeod 
fumbled a punt return, setting up a short field for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, so I think those things kind of go both ways. At the end of the day, the 49ers made enough plays. The Dallas Cowboys didn't. The 49ers won the game. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Cowboys – when, when – um, Late in the game, you need that drive. Like, Brock Purdy made the throws. You know, like, that was a close game. Like, nah, dude, like, that was good on good. And they're doing anything to kind of try to discredit the 49ers and that victory. But, like, the 49ers are a good team. This is not – it's not like uh, if if the New York Giants would have beat Philadelphia Eagles, right, where Philadelphia just turns the ball over five times and it's like, man, that was uncharacteristic. They just lost the game because of it. Like, no, dude, like, good on good. It's mm-hmm. it's a, it's always going to be a narrow margin. You don't fluke into twelve straight wins. Like you yeah. got to be a good football team. Come on now. Yeah did did uh, did did Fred Warner accidentally cover mm. C.D. Lamb forty yards down the field on the seam? You know, was that was Ooh, that an accident? Freddy. You know, the Forty Nineers were just a better team, and and they and yeah. they beat the Cowboys. I mean, that's it. Uh, but maybe, guys, maybe the Forty Nineers. Not only did they beat them, maybe maybe did the Forty Nineers cheat to win this game. I want to talk about this next, and of course, we're going to talk about the biggest headline right now going on with the Forty Nineers with Charles Amenahu, who was arrested on suspicion of a domestic violence on Monday. And this could really change uh, the outlook for his career, obviously, with the 49ers, uh, his weekend with the 49ers, and what the 49ers might do if Charles Amenahu does not suit up on Sunday at Philadelphia next. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun we've had competing against each other here on the Locked On Network. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers was our Locked On NFL champion, and... Uh, I don't know what place I was in, but I, I was not in first place with my with my dynasty I was trying to build. I, I didn't get it off the ground quick enough. I, I, I did the slow build like Shanahan and Lynch, and so I was in year three, and I hadn't, uh, I hadn't gotten to my Super Bowl yet. But you can go beyond year three. You can go to year 25 and build yourself a dynasty with Ultimate Football GM. Your dream can come true if you ever wanted to be an NFL GM, run every aspect of of your franchise strategically play through seasons and lead your team to glory and build that dynasty, hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and ups and downs of a season and locked on 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise in the game. When they use promo code locked on that's locked on. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every single day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast, by the way, as well as Peacock and Williamson and Locked On NFL Draft. You get on Locked On NFL, not only just the Locked On NFL pod, but on the on the YouTube side, you'll get Peacock and Williamson, daily conversations with the NFL best biggest stories uh, NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday local insiders cover the weekend with game to game episodes locked on NFL Peacock and Williamson locked on NFL draft locked on 49ers all of them available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts so saw a clip on social media today and the title of this little video was rigged and it showed <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk lined up covering uh, on the line of scrimmage, covering tight end George Kittle uh, on the play where George Kittle had the circus catch and he was out there blocking and then uh, ended up in the in the in the route and caught a pass from from Brock Purdy 
And according to some Cowboys fans, not only did the 49ers cheat, but they're in cahoots with the league to rig this football game with that play. And the circus catch also rigged, apparently. And uh, he, George Kittle should have been ineligible on this so-called play. And the 49ers cheated, and the NFL rigged their way for the 49ers to be in the NFC Championship game. Guys, what are your thoughts about that conspiracy? Forgive me if I'm wrong, but 44 wasn't on the line, right? He was off the line. Uh, he was kind of close to the line. You could you could call him on the line or off the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when you're off the line, you're not you're not covering him up, right? So he he's an eligible receiver. Yeah. As far as I understand I think, the rules, I think it's something like this. Is this how it goes? <laughs> Salt. I like Salty. that. Salty Cowboys fans. Gotta and, find and excuses, love, man. I love that. The, not only making excuses. Oh, the Cowboys should have won if it wasn't for this really big play that happened in the game. It, it, they went straight to rigged. Yeah. Right. Like, like how many people have to be involved for this one single play to be that big of a factor to win the game for George Kittle to make that type of a catch or maybe, maybe the refs missed a play. Right? I mean, if you watch Nick Bosa rush the quarterback during that football game, how many times did you yell at the screen? They're holding Bosa. They're yeah. holding. He's got his arm wrapped around his neck. No flag. Like, come on, rigged. That's ridiculous. If it was rigged, we'd be getting many more than just the one holding call on Bosa because they could call out every play. And I'm, yeah, I'm not even bringing this up as if it could even be a real thing. I'm just laughing about it because it's hilarious because yeah. it goes right along with what you guys were talking about with uh, the Cowboys lost the game. It wasn't that the yeah. 49ers were just a better team and ran through them just like they've run through everybody else the last 12 weeks. Which well, is the nonsense. The thing because... is always interesting to me because it's like, well, who, who's in on this? Right. Are the are you saying the the refs? Yeah. Definitely not the 49ers. The NFL? And I, I've seen like some people and I feel like they're off the rocker, some of these NFL players, right? Like come out, it's like they're retired and it's like the NFL is rigged. I'm gonna tell you like dude, no it's not. <laughs> like listen, if the NFL is rigged, do you think like look how they age? Look at how Kyle Shanahan has aged since taking over the 49ers. His hair. Right. Like it's if you look at him six years ago, he looks like a little kid. Compared to now, like now mm-hmm. he's like a seasoned, like he's he's a man, right? Mm-hmm. Grown man now. He got the, the the gray all in his hair, all in his beard. You think guys are aging like that if they know that people are are tweaking things to make you lose or, or whatever? Like no way. And no you way. think that the NFL would rig it against the Cowboys? They draw the best. Like they have the best ratings in the NFL. If you're gonna right. rig it, you're gonna rig it for them to win so that your product does better. It's, it's <laughs> right. Ridiculous. I think we all agree there. I think we all agree yeah. there. It's just it's it's silliness and it's fun and um, those Cowboys fans that we all know and and love and and love to hate certain weeks of an NFL season, they'll get over it and then we'll mm-hmm. be back to barbecues and, and hanging out in no time. And, there uh, we go. We can continue to rub their nose in a, in a big 49ers win. Jeff Schwartz uh, retweeted that tweet as well. The rigs thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he said it must stink to watch football with an eye to finding the rigged plays. This is legal. 44 is off the ball. There you go. There we go. That's what I thought. It's Although just, Jeff, you know, Jeff Schwartz was been, the guy who was telling all the 49ers fans that it wasn't holding during oh, yeah. the Super Bowl in 2019 on Nick Bosa. Right. That's because his brother plays for the other team, probably. He's a big part of that. I think when you've been a fan for this long and it's been 30 years, you know, since you've actually really won anything, I think you got to find every excuse you can in order to keep putting that jersey on, keep putting that hat on, 
keep rooting for your guys. Uh, before we get to the unfortunate news of the day, Wink, uh, what are your thoughts here as we turn the page to the Philadelphia Eagles? How do you like how the 49ers match mm. up with, with Philly? I mean, it's going to be a battle. I mean, you talk about this last game that we just saw good on good. Like, now it's great on great, right? I mean, these were this was a good test for the 49ers. Probably the best team they played all season uh, in the Cowboys, and it showed. You know, they were they had to get away from the run. It just wasn't working. And, and hopefully – uh, that, that's kind of what they need to do against Philly, I think, right? I mean, you're talking about a team that led the NFL in sacks. You can't just drop Purdy back there 40 times and expect to win this football game. Like, we're going to need to see a lot of McCaffrey. We're going to see a lot of Mitchell. And, and just a lot of, of just defense smacking these guys in the mouth. I think Jalen Hurts is going to it's going to feel a little bit different when he runs the football against this Niner team as it did against the Giants squad. I, I, it's been a while since since he's really been hit. His last two games were against the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, so this is, it's going to be a different speed for him out there. I like, I like the matchup of RD against their offense. And, and I, you know, as long as we run the ball and stick with it, I, I like the 49ers chances this weekend. Yep. Number one D in the league against the number one O in the league. So let's it's go. Gonna be, it's going to be pretty fascinating. Uh, Croc, what, what are your first thoughts about the Philadelphia Eagles? How much of them have you watched? And do you think it's going to be a big a, a different game plan for the 49ers against the Eagles, because I felt like there were some plays where the 49ers, and this is where you see zero sacks for Nick Bosa. Uh, I think, I think against athletic quarterbacks, and we've seen this multiple times this year and, and into the past, uh, they've had trouble traditionally with those mobile quarterbacks and they've gotten a little bit better at it. And there was like one scramble from Dak last week that, you know, seemed like a, uh, could be a backbreaking type of play, you know, when you think you you got them covered, you think you might sack them or something, and they sneak away and and scramble for a first down. Uh, and Jalen Hurts is a better runner, and and really his his passing game has been better for the Philadelphia Eagles too. But I think rush lanes is really important for the 49ers when they play quarterbacks that can get out on the move a little bit. And I think almost every single time, which is why it's so difficult for those quarterbacks that drop back and stay in the pocket, they get crushed by the 49ers because then they can just come after you any way they want to. But I feel like there's less stunts, less less um, less just rushing to go get the quarterback, and more thinking about what your rushing lanes are. And I think we see this with Nick Bosa. And I think it's why he had zero sacks, even though I think he himself said he had a really good game, is because he's rushing with a plan to not allow Dak outside of him more so than rushing with a plan to go get the quarterback. So I think we're going to see more of that this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles that I think is very clear: they are an extremely balanced team. And very consistent with how they play. And I watched a lot of them this year. And there were some games that kind of started off slow. And then you see them end up being a team by two, three scores. And it kind of is reminiscent of the 49ers. And I'd say, as you know, as far as like teams in the playoffs, I think those are the two most balanced teams. I think the one thing that might be different between the two teams is most people will probably take Hurts over Brock Purdy, depending on, you know, if depending on the style of play. Uh, that that you like, but uh, he's an MVP caliber player. Had that type of season uh, this year. Very dynamic. I, I think when preparing for Hurts as opposed to Dak Prescott, I think you kind of, or more than Hurts, treat Prescott as a traditional passer, right? Like he can run, but he's not going to just all game run and all next thing you know, you look up, he has 80, 90 rushing yards. And we right. know that's what Jalen Hurts truly can do. And that's what they want to do. They want to incorporate uh, his legs into their game plan. So I definitely think that you scheme a little bit more 
for that type of runner. And you talked about the run lanes and not, not rushing upfield too much and kind of staying even with the quarterback so he can't just take off and kind of have those back-breaking plays. So I, I'd expect the 49ers to really have even a different approach than what they have for Dak Prescott. But a, a difficult team, I think the one thing that can really be a little weird for the 49ers, we talked about the Miami Dolphins game. And the, I noticed that the RPOs were – it was a big problem for the Niners. They were throwing lanes and passing windows all over the place. And Tua just missed. He missed a lot. And, and I don't even think it was because, like, oh, man, I'm so rushed. I'm so pressured. I think he had, what, 10 – he got pressured 10 times that game. So it wasn't this, oh, man, they're just all over him. But the Eagles, they, they run a similar offense. It's very RPO heavy. And the 49ers create those same lanes that they did before – the Eagles will hurt you just as much as the Miami Dolphins. So that's one thing I'm very interested to see more, even more so than can you stop a quarterback from running? Like, can you defend mm-hmm. the RPO? Do you have a better plan right. than what you had going up against the Miami Dolphins? A lot of weapons on that Miami or on that Philadelphia Eagles team too, which is which is something we didn't see with the Dallas Cowboys. They were they were a weapon short. They were a couple of weapons short, especially once uh, Pollard got hurt and left the football game. And there's no shortage of weapons, including the quarterback running himself for the Philadelphia Eagles. So it will be a task for the best defense in the NFL against an offense that was uh, has been really good, against a defense has been really good. Of course, we'll get more into this game with the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the big questions now suddenly this week is Charles Amenehu, 49ers defensive lineman, going to be on the field for the 49ers. What does this mean with the arrest of Charles Amenehu on suspicion of uh, domestic domestic uh, violence and um, an unfortunate story that we have to cover here. And it's been a while since we had to cover any stories like this, but we'll get into it next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. Super excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can build your own parlays at FanDuel. It's such a slick interface. I love being on the FanDuel website. It's really super easy to use and go make any of the bets you want to that tickle your fancy on say championship weekend or maybe for the super bowl or for uh, maybe some draft props if you are into that sort of a thing so football fans don't miss out place your first five dollar bet to get 150 dollars in free bets win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nfl so an unfortunate story out of san jose and um, Charles Amenehu, 49ers defensive line, he was arrested on Monday. This wasn't one of those 3.30 in the morning arrests either. This was uh, something that happened in uh, apparently in the middle of the day. And Charles Amenehu was booked into Santa Clara County Main Jail for misdemeanor domestic violence. He posted bail and is no longer in custody as of Tuesday afternoon, according to San Jose police and according to Matt Mayoko, who and many other 49ers reporters who uh, were all over this story today. Uh, the case will be submitted to the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office for possible charges. The 49ers did have a statement saying, we are aware of the matter involving Charles Amenahu and are in the process of gathering further information. So 
this is a bummer of a story because uh, not only is there an important game coming up for the 49ers, but this is never something you want to see. And uh, guys, I think we probably all agree. If you put your hands on a woman, you, you shouldn't be a part of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it's got to be zero tolerance when it comes to something like that. You just hope maybe there was some sort of misunderstanding or somebody stepped in before something like that happened, and that's why all this happened. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you, you touch a woman, you, you, you got no business being on a football field. Difficult situation. And, you know, obviously, like, not knowing all the details or, you know, what mm. exactly happened. But, you know, like you said, I mean, zero tolerance. And I, I look at it when it comes to, you know, women and domestic violence. You know, I've... I've two daughters right. and I know how I get, you know, if just, just, you know, when they, you know, they're playing and someone bumps into them, I can only imagine, you know, a, a grown man uh, getting physical with them. So obviously we don't have all the details. Uh, whenever you hear domestic violence and it's, it's a misdemeanor. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't know yeah. what any of this means, but if, if it is indeed, you know, a man in a physical altercation with a, a woman, there should be zero tolerance for that. Yeah, and you, there, you don't really want to guess when when any of this stuff is happening because right. we have no idea. And then, as the 49ers said, they're collecting their information, trying to figure out what's going on. You hope it didn't happen. You hope it was misunderstanding or whatever. And in California, it's an auto arrest situation too. So if if you get called for domestic violence to somebody's house, someone's gonna get in handcuffs and, and get put in the car. That's just that's no matter what, no matter if the it's not up to the police to say, oh, we think you should be under arrest. Someone's got to get arrested. So um that's that's all we know right now um that that uh apparently sh she was maybe pushed to the ground is is what the story is so we'll find out what's happening with this story more during the week i don't know if this will impact this game for charles Aminahu. um if it does i assume that means drake jackson will be mm. up and will be up on game day and he has been a you know obviously he's not not a similar player to charles Aminahu, who's 6'5 290 pounds but um, yeah, Charles Manny, who does play a little outside, plays a lot inside as well. And you just need another defensive lineman. The next guy up would be Drake Jackson. And he gives you a little more speed off the edge. Croc, do you have any insight on why Drake Jackson has been a healthy scratch? I mean, he was the first guy the 49ers selected in the draft, not a first round pick, but a second round pick. I think we probably also expected a little bit more, even with some of the flashes we saw earlier in the season. Now he's just sitting there in street clothes on Sundays. I think this is something we've seen a lot with the 49ers, right? And you, you got to be ready. You got to play a certain brand of football. This is a team that they are not trying to wait on players, you know, developing and anything like that. It's tough. I, I think for all young players, this is the best slash worst team to go to because mm -hmm. you don't get that development curve. <clears throat> like you don't get right. the time to truly just sit. It's like you got to hit the ground running. And if you're not, you're just not going to play. And then hopefully along the way, a year from now, two years from now, you start to figure it out. And we've seen that with Brandon Ayuk, who Kyle Shanahan himself came out and said, hey, if we would have been healthier, Ayuk wouldn't have been out there as a rookie. And we're thinking, like, what? Like, this dude had a really right. good it's rookie like, year. Everyone's crowning Ayuk. It's like, oh, Ayuk's the next guy. Draft him in your fantasy football leagues. Meanwhile, uh, Croc and I are over there sneaking away and, and drafting um, uh, Debo Samuel. And that turned out pretty well. <laughs> but I didn't expect the full doghouse for for Brandon Ayuk and yeah that could happen for your first round pick that you traded up for it can definitely happen for your second round pick on a in a position where you have a lot of talent on your roster yeah, yeah going off what Croc said too the Aaron Banks stuff also right I mean he looked like well this guy's a bust but maybe it was more of like a red shirt year where it's like you got a lot of stuff you need to figure out before we yeah. can trust you to protect our quarterback and he's shown it this year that he took those steps you know he he did what was needed of him and he's been he's had a great year it's a, it's a great point and it's something that you can point Drake Jackson to 
as well and say, look, look at Ayuk, look at Aaron Banks. We're going to tell you what you have to do. If you do A, B, and C, guess what? You're going to be a superstar on the San Francisco 49ers and go beat teams like the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. You know, go play, hey, go play NFC championship games. So, who, who you don't want to be is Trey Sermon, right? Like, look at Trey Sermon. Yes. Oh, no, you don't want to look at him. <laughs> yeah. And if you have the opposite attitude where you're like, what are you talking about? I'm already good. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm the dude right now. You know, I don't mm-hmm. need to change nothing. Then you'll be actually on the Philadelphia Eagles roster. I wonder if Trey Sermon revenge game, I wonder if he'll be active for this one. I haven't seen him. Yeah, he's not dress. Yeah. He's gotten that a lot this year. I just, he has two. Does he only have two attempts on the year? Yeah, so. two attempts, 19 yards. Nine and a half yards per carry. That's pretty <laughs> good. And that's what's crazy is Trey Sermon. Was, and look, Ty Davis Price isn't doing much more than Trey Sermon either. The, the mm-hmm. next consecutive third-round pick as well. I mean, I feel a lot better about that Christian McCaffrey trade if they would have been able to use those two third-round picks as part of that deal because that's a lot they've given up in, in running backs. Yes. At least they have a good one now, and they have a couple of good ones, and obviously they're fine at the position. But, man, so many uh, draft picks – Put into that and, and Ty Davis Price. My, they, they're probably both those dudes will be sitting in street clothes on Sunday for the NFC Championship game. Um, uh, Kerry Hyder is another body that you know, more of the, the, the bigger body defensive lineman that'll probably get some snaps that Charles Amenahu would have had if Amenahu is not able to go on Sunday. And again, we hope for the best in this situation that it's, it was a misunderstanding and, and and nobody actually did anything wrong. But you start to get the flashbacks of uh, and and really the four and. We talked about a lot on this podcast, Croc, right? About how the the high character, the locker room, the players that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have brought in, and we haven't heard anything like this at all since the the Reuben Foster thing, which was now years ago. And even with Reuben Foster, this is nothing like what it was like yeah. during the Jim Harbaugh era, where it was like dudes were, oh, were right. getting arrested left and right. It felt like on that team. Oh, yeah, I with did the Foster see it was on like, social media say that they're getting Reuben Foster PTSD, and I didn't catch that. Uh, reference in, until now when you compare to okay. the things. So. Mm. That's the last time I can think of anything like this. And, and Foster, just a, a knucklehead, just couldn't, you know, get himself out of a situation, you know? And it's like, um, there's lessons to be learned here for sure. Uh, and obviously you hope for the best, but um, it's it's a no it's, it's a no tolerance situation. If, if the information the 49ers find out that you're putting your hands on, on women, then you got to go. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl or Week one, you got to go. Doesn't matter who you are. Yep, yep. Unfortunate situation. Don't like to have to cover that, especially in such a big week. It's such a big game for the 49ers. They need all hands right. on deck. You can't be screwing around and getting yourself into any kind of trouble. It's it's just a really unfortunate situation. Wink, do you have, a, do you have any predictions? What, what, what do you think here? NFC Championship game? It feels like a team of destiny. I mean, with the way Wishnowski just keeps get it inside the 20 inside the 10 like just say i see another day of that you know if they can't move the ball you just hand the ball to wish and he'll just be like i'm gonna corner kick this all right go down there cover it we got this no it's gonna it's gonna be a great game i can't wait man i'm really excited to see these two they're the two best teams in the nfc they have been for you know the last five six weeks it's been obvious and uh and it's gonna be a battle and uh you know hopefully the 49ers come out on top i i have all the confidence in the world in these guys and and maybe Brock can you know, go out and get his eighth straight. Let's go. Do you have the official numbers for the, the wish watch? No, I don't I don't have them handy, but no, he had know. one that wasn't very good. It, he kicked it a little short, and there was a big return. But other than that, I mean, just like all season long, he, he knows where to kick the ball. Lights out. Lights what about the uh, – real quick, guys. Yeah. And it's something that we just really haven't talked about, but the 49ers kick coverage wasn't very good, and they kept kicking it short. I, I was 
thinking at yeah. some point we got to start kicking this out the end zone. Just kick it out, right? Let him he almost the twenty five. I mean, that's look. Special teams could have been the, the the special teams could have been the reason the 49ers are not playing right now uh, this coming Sunday, and it was two returns from Kevontae Turpin that he could have taken back, and, and one of them was real close. And then the the fumble from Ray Ray McLeod that we haven't talked about yet either. I mean, yeah. that's a killer because when you fumble a return, that means the other team's got the ball deep in your territory already. And luckily for the 49ers, um, their defense was just up to the task and overcoming that sort of a turnover. But you, you can't have that. You can't have special mm-hmm. teams gaffes here, and especially in the next two games if the 49ers want to hoist a Lombardi. Uh, the, the margin is razor thin, and you can't give away points like that. How good is Robbie Gold, though? I mean, a kick and field goals in the playoffs. Like, just he's never missed. Like, it's it's crazy. It's so nice to have, especially when you're watching Maher out there, you know, missing extra points. You're just like, yeah, this it, gold's worth every penny. Absolutely. No doubt. Don't don't sleep on special teams, folks. All right. Mm-mm. Tomorrow we will be doing our crossover. It's already crossover Thursday time, and we'll have the hosts of Locked On Eagles with us to break down everything going on net championship weekend with the Philadelphia Eagles. Croc and I will be back doing probably a little bit of a, a live hype sesh, uh, keys to victory episode as well as we do to end the week. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. See you.